Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Greta Rousineau, the head of advisory services at Cities Law Firm Group and a managing director with the bank. Hi, Greta. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks, Ari. Lovely to talk to you. How are you? Oh, it's a privilege to speak with you, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Tell us about your background and your work with Cities Law Firm Group. We are a business that's over 50 years old. We uh, provide a broad range of financial services, both at the institutional level and at the lawyer, partner, associate, right through to associate at law firms in this country and also uh, in the UK. And an important part of our uh, offering to firms is that we spend a good deal of time studying the financial performance of uh, law firms in this industry. We've been doing it for many, many years through a series of surveys each year. We also use that information to prepare and deliver tailored peer reviews to our clients. And all of this work enables us to be in front of the leadership of law firms across this industry a few times a year And in those meetings, it's not just the numbers that we're looking at, but also it's our opportunity to understand directly from the leadership of these firms really what's going on in this industry, what's top of mind to them as they run their firms. As for my own background, I actually started life as a lawyer back in Australia in the early 90s. I was part of Malice and Stephen Jakes started as an associate there or the equivalent in Australia uh, to an associate. And I also held a a role in the precedence group that sort of what became the precursor of knowledge management in the days where desktops were coming to law firms. You know, the first PCs were being adopted by law firms and really got me interested in the technology side of the practice of law and frankly, the business of law. And my career path since then has included time working as a management consultant at uh, what was then Price Waterhouse's law firm and law department consulting group through to running my own consultancy, primarily focused on knowledge management for many years. And then I've had the great pleasure of being part of City's law firm group since 2010. You've been following these trends in legal since the late 90s. What are some of the most significant shifts you've seen in this sector? The first observation is that I think over that time period, we have just witnessed such extraordinary growth in the size as well as the footprint of of law firms, particularly in this country and it goes across the world. As a result of that growth, we've also seen increased competition for clients as well as for talent. Back in the days when I started practicing, you really as a law firm could have counted on certain clients who may have been with you for decades and you had these strong institutional client relationships, you would have also had partners who would have started as first-year associates in that firm and, and made their career, their lifetime career at that firm. Really, as a significant trend in all of these years, I think that the competition for clients has become just so acute. This industry has in many ways, moved away from 
the dependence on those long-standing client relationships to more of a transactional approach at times. Certainly on the talent side, I think really gone are the days where uh, the predominant trend was for uh, partners to have started their career at firms. Obviously, we've been in a very active lateral market for many, many years now. I'd also say that I sort of touched upon this in my own experience, the the, uh, explosion of technology and the adoption of that technology within law firms. You know, law firms are at the end of the day a knowledge-based business. And as we've seen this absolute explosion of information in the world we live in today, absolutely the adoption of technology has become key. I talked about knowledge management. I think also with that comes the risks associated with cybersecurity breaches as well. And then, of course, I think we're in an age where artificial intelligence will be a trend worth watching. And then I think the final observation I'd make about the development of law firms is just more and more over the years, they are run as a business as opposed to a partnership of individuals. And with that, you've also seen the emergence of professionals at those firms outside of the lawyers, the the calibre of uh, professionals at the C-suite is is, uh, just extraordinary. So just a few of the, the trends, I think, that come immediately to mind. Your team recently released the 2022 City Hildebrandt Client Advisory. What were your most significant findings? Well, to begin with, Ari, point we make very early in the report is that 2021 is probably one of the most extraordinary years this industry has experienced in terms of financial performance, if not possibly the best year ever that we've seen. There are a few reasons for that, of course. I mean, to begin with, when you're measuring growth off of an anomalous base year, and that was what we experienced last year, you're measuring growth off of a very challenging 2020 for many law firms. It does make those growth numbers somewhat magnified. All that being said, I think, you know, we've been hearing this through conversations right through the year. We saw a return to high levels of demand through the second half of 2020 and really intensified throughout 2021. Very, very strong activity levels in absolute terms, just regardless of what the actual growth over the prior year was. That, of course, drove very strong revenue growth. And then you couple that with the fact that as a result of Delta and then Omicron, we saw a delay in the return to the office. That, of course, had the consequence of delaying the pressure on operating expenses that we had anticipated. So you may have seen very strong pressure on compensation expense. I'm sure we're going to get to that in a moment. But certainly I think the fact that you have this extraordinary growth in the top line, coupled with the fact that you don't have quite as much pressure on operating expenses as you would have done had we gone back to the office in droves in September as anticipated, as a result of those two factors in particular, we we will see these extraordinary results. The other element of last year was that it was good for all segments of the market. Building off of that, when we look at 2022, one of the key findings of our research last year was that firms are very much in growth mode. I think that we can expect to see growth in both leverage as well as in partners, equity partners. And and that's a departure from what we've seen over the past several years. I mean, we've been in an industry where 
one firm's growth in partners is probably happening at the same time that we're seeing a contraction by another firm. We've really seen as a, as a net number less than half a percent growth in, in equity partners from one year to the next. And it's very obvious. I think it also came out from a number of the law firm announcements toward the end of last year that firms are very much investing in their growth. And a big part of that is growing their equity partner headcount, whether that's through laterals or through promotions. So that I think is, is an important trend to watch. I think we're also very much in this uh, continued war for talent. If there was one common theme one uh, notable discussion that occurred at every single meeting, every call, every interaction I had with law firm leaders last year, it was about this acute war for talent. Of course, we saw that play out in the compensation expense pressure in the market. We talk about the string of bonuses announced throughout the year, the increase in base salaries that occurred in the middle of last year. Of course, now we've started this year with another increase in base salaries we would hear about these extraordinary sign-on bonuses. And, you know, in an industry where, particularly when you're talking about first and second-year associates whose only or main experience with your firm has been staring at a Zoom screen, we would hear this common concern on the part of law firm leaders that they would say, like, what difference does it make whether that young associate is looking at our Zoom screen or another firm's? The portability of talent last year, I think, was also what made this just so acute, together with the fact that there simply was bounce in activity levels that could not be matched with a a sudden surge in uh, lawyers to uh, help do that work. We also talk about in this coming year, while we would anticipate that this will be yet another year of growth for the industry, along with that challenge to win the war for talent, we're now in an industry about to adopt a hybrid work model. And with that, there are really two, I think, key priorities for law firm leaders. The first is how will you develop your lawyers, particularly your associates, in a a long-term hybrid model? I think it was sort of one thing to deal with an industry that was fully remote for a limited amount of time. But now that we're talking about the prospect of this being a longer-term strategy, I know that that is very much top of mind for law firm leaders. How are we going to ensure that our associates are mentored, are being placed on matters that give them the, the full array of experience that they need to be effective? How do you deal with associates who are in the office on a different set of three days than the partners and and all of those issues. The other key point, in addition to how will law firms in the longer term develop their associates effectively, is how will firms rebuild their, their cultures and the aspects of their culture that distinguish them from any other firms. I think, again, it goes to the illustration of the Zoom screen and the, the portability of lawyers from one Zoom screen to another. Over my own years at law firms, the personal relationships that I was able to develop and the glue that held me to those roles because of those personal relationships. So that whole element of how do you rebuild and maintain a strong culture in a prolonged hybrid model, I think, is the other key feature. And then the final area that we talk about in the client advisory that we believe will be a strong area of focus this year 
is around operational efficiency and the necessity of that. And that really has sort of two parts to it. I mean, an obvious part of it is how do you manage expense growth, particularly given what I was saying about how operating expenses, in a sense, weren't as affected as much as we thought because we stayed at home. But it is inevitable that as we do return to the office, even if it's a few days a week, the return to some version of normal and the return to some level of travel and and business development and holding conferences and all the other elements that go into running a law firm in a normal environment, they, of course, are going to be an add to what we saw in last year's numbers. And so we are going to see a bounce in operating expenses this year. And so that, from an expense management standpoint, that's the first piece of that. And the second is also just around, you know, revenue-related operational efficiency. So great illustration of that is just the approach that firms took to billing and collections through this pandemic. That's very much given them an appetite to figure out what else can they be doing to speed the collection cycle. That's just one example of a revenue-related operational efficiency. Coming back to the expense side of things, I do see that firms uh, will be focusing on professional staffing leverage at firms. Certainly, we saw firms rationalise their secretarial staffing ratios through the pandemic. That wasn't a new trend, but certainly accelerated during that period. On the other hand, they are now investing more so in, in functions like business development and marketing and project managers and billing and collections professionals and technology professionals, and all of those roles are likely to cost more. So while firms might be looking at managing the size of their professional staff at firms, another challenge for them will be around what is the cost of that leverage model, particularly as you see a rejigging of its composition. Are firms planning for lower <laughs> overhead costs going yeah, forward thought, due to I their thought. increased you know, work from home <laughs> opportunities and a reduced need for physical office space? I'll be honest with you. I am not hearing widespread reduction of, of footprint at this stage. First of all, there's a longer tail to some of these decisions as well. I mean, if you're only at the start or in the middle of a lease, in a market like this especially, it, well, it's not that easy to just lose a floor or two. So uh, this, this, I think definitely this will be a longer-term area to, for us to be watching. All that being said, even where I'm seeing firms move to new spaces or refurbish spaces, I am, for the most part, not seeing a reduction of square footage. I was in a conversation earlier this week where I was hearing an anecdote of a firm who asked their lawyers what would be the ideal number of days they'd come in a week. Question one, and the answer was three days a week, which is what our research has shown as well. But then the second question was, and are you prepared to give up your own individual office? And the answer was no. And again, illustrative of what I see across the industry. So I'm not seeing, as I say, a widespread trend in hoteling, in people giving up their own individual spaces. What I am seeing, and again, not a new trend, but is the standardization of of office sizes to begin with. I'm seeing a tilt toward more collaborative workspaces again, as a means of enticing people to come and spend time in the office as well. And so by definition, if you're looking at collaborative workspaces, they are going to take up more square footage than 
a, a single office. So I think that's an area we've got to keep watching, but I'm not entirely convinced that we're going to see a big reduction in need for physical office space. What I do think we are going to see, though, and again, this goes into where, where there might be pressure on costs, is also the increased investment in technology. Because I think there's no question, and I think there's been a broad recognition by this industry, that without the investment that firms had made in technology tools in the lead up to the pandemic, not that they knew this pandemic was coming, but certainly as a result of uh, beefing up their technology investment in those years and immediately prior to this, there's no question without those investments, I just don't see how this industry could have operated as successfully as it did. So I think that that has very much created an appetite for what more can we be doing with technology to underpin this new hybrid model. What's top of mind for law firm leaders today? Very clearly, as I'd indicated, there's very much this growth mindset across uh, law firm leaders that I speak to. Coming off of these two very extraordinary years, they are very much now focused on what more they can do to strengthen the market position of, of their respective firms. We are seeing firms look to invest in, in new practices that are complementary to what they're best known for in the market. We're seeing firms look to invest in new markets or, again, that are complementary to their client, what they're best known for to their clients. I mean, just as an example, I think very interesting to watch the investment uh, by East Coast firms into California, for example. I think that'll be an interesting trend to watch. It'll be interesting to watch what's going on in, in Texas with you know, Austin in particular. There's a very strong focus on what will be the growth industries going forward with technology being a, a clear one, healthcare and life sciences as well. I think financial services, not just you know your traditional banks, but private funds and investment management and fintech. I think all of those will be interesting areas to watch. As I mentioned, I think part of that growth mindset is that there's sort of a shift in the approach to growing the equity partnership. I think that, that again, I think is, is top of mind. Where, what are the sort of decisions around partner growth firms want to be making to make that strategy a reality? Also, part of this sort of whole growth mindset is around talent retention as well. In this market where you have seen such pressure on firms to attract and retain talent, what else can they be doing aside from addressing through compensation? I mean, this clearly those compensation, you know, matching and compensation is, has, has been critical, but, but at the end of the day, what else? And it gets back to my comment around uh, culture and the glue that holds people to a firm. What else? can uh, law firm leaders be doing to, uh, to strengthen the culture of the firm and, and continue to distinguish their firms from their competitors in the market. One other point that sort of layers on top of all of this is staying in front of the client and strengthening those relationships. So, and I think it is an important point that we make in the client advisory that there's been very much a focus in this past year around what's good for the people at the firm and retention of talent. But all of this, it's just so critical for firms to also be looking at meeting their client needs as well. We're going to see that in the coming year as well, a very strong focus on 
brand differentiation and doing what's best for clients as well as the talented firms. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Greta Rousseau, the head of advisory services at Cities Law Firm Group and a managing director with the bank. Greta, thanks so very much. Thanks very much, Ari. It's lovely to talk to you. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.